Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Thank Amen. you so much for the beautiful songs this morning. And uh, God bless you all. Thank you for being here today. And I pray that the Lord will speak to your hearts today. And, uh, and you know, the, the things about the songs that we need to remember is that the anchor holds and the Word of God needs to be proclaimed. Amen. Amen. The Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. Uh, but that being said, it's also made to endure the test of time. It's made to, uh, to, to lead us and to guide us in a direction and give us a, a pathway to walk on. And it, it clarifies our direction. And it clarifies uh, who we follow. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ was the Word that became flesh. He held up under it. He held up despite it. He held up and lived up to it, and he conquered the world because of Amen. Because of his obedience. When we get to heaven, listen to me. This very word is going to be there. Because it is not temporary. It's not for us to live by every once in a while. It's eternal. And it's going to be there. Amen. We're going to be judged by these words. So we need to know these words. And although the two-edged sword that it becomes that divides us asunder, it divided Jesus asunder. Amen. Amen. It took him apart for us. And so the only reason that we can bear the dividing asunder between soul and spirit and the joint and marrow that the Bible talks about, that it does to us, it's hard on us. The Word of God's hard on us. Amen? Because it's spiritual and we're fleshly beings. And so we have to endure the Word. And we have to understand the Word, believe the Word, and let the Word change us the, uh, according to the will of God and the plan of God that we can become people of the Word and like the Word also. Amen? Amen. It's something to think about. It's not ever fun to be... Uh, to, to, to find out that we're not doing things right because we like to think we do everything right. It's not fun to think that we're that we're not doing things according to the will of God because we'd rather God just do what we want Him to do and do like it don't work that way. Amen. And so it, it hurts sometimes. And so our faith and our love for Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost that dwells inside of us helps us to understand that we need to change our lives and, and live according to the Word and the plan of God. Amen? Amen. Sounds simple. Don't no, it's easy if you say it, but living it is a whole new ballgame. Amen. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Acts, and we're going to conclude the, the three-part sermon of, of the book of Acts today. Uh, we're going to be uh, in chapter 10. We're going to begin reading in <clears throat> verses uh, verse 23 to the end of the chapter. It's kind of a lengthy uh, reading. <clears throat> but we're going to see some things today. I just pray the Lord shows us what we need to, to learn from this, this book, uh, this chapter of Acts. Then called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them. And certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow... After they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. And Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, 
I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, You know how that it is unlawful, an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep, to keep company or come unto one of another nation? But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for, I was asked therefore for what I asked therefore for what intent you have sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said Cornelius, the prayer and said Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are, are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joplin, call call uh, hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon the Tanner by the seaside who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he, commit, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Father, 
Thank you for your blessed holy word. Speak to us, God. In the Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. past two weeks, we first talked about Cornelius. We found out that he is a Roman centurion based in Italy. He is of the Italian band. He has a, a hundred men under him that he commands and that he believes in Yahweh. He believes in the Lord God Almighty. He is a praying man. He's a giving man. And he is a man who God had, uh, his prayers had gone up as a memorial before God and God had sent an angel to him and this angel came to him and told him one simple command, send to Joppa and get Peter. I'll just, I'll just keep this short. Send to Joppa and get Peter. In the meantime, as God had this angel speaking to Cornelius, right before those men that he sent to, to uh, Joppa showed up, God has Peter on the rooftop. Peter may not know God got him up there, but he does. And he's going to speak to him. And he shows him some things about unclean beasts. And he, and, and, and he commands Peter to eat some unclean beasts. And Peter won't do it. Proclaiming that it's, it's against the law for me to eat unclean beasts. And, and, and I have never have and I never will. And the Lord spoke to him and said, What I have cleaned, don't you call common or unclean. Amen. Amen. So the Lord was teaching him a lesson, and at the time, as, as the Lord was teaching this, and he was pondering as to what all of this meant, because, see, the Lord was showing him stuff, and he didn't have a clue, Brother Steve, what the Lord was telling him. He just knew what he, he was telling him something. And about that time, the knock came on the door, and there was three men standing at the door, introduced themselves, that they were from Cornelius and, and Caesarea, and they were sent there to fetch him, and they told him a little bit about what Cornelius had experienced and why the Lord wanted him to come. And I want you to notice this begins uh, when we're at in verse 23, and then uh, called he them in. So the Lord had already shown Peter something that Peter really didn't want to know. He was showing him that the things that he had been taught and believed all of his life or not, might not be the way he needed to believe things. The Lord was fixing to change his mind, change his approach, change everything about the life of Peter and the ways that he had been brought up. And we learned from that that we've all been taught things in our past and, and our growing up that sounded great, sounded good, and we made it part of who we are, but it's not pleasing to God. Amen? And we know that there's things that we said and they say that we've done in the past. There's been racism in our lives. There's been where we have taken uh, people that weren't like us and we didn't, we didn't have any use for them. We had talked bad about them. We had insult them. And it didn't just have to be color barriers. There could be uh, economical barriers. There could be poor people and there could be wealthy people and there could be all kinds of people. There could be short people and tall people and fat people and skinny people. And we can find some kind of way to discredit them and the Lord says to Peter, you're going to have to drop all this stuff because i got a job for you that's more important than what you believe about people. Mm -hmm. We need to listen to this. Amen? Because mm -hmm. uh, the Lord's ready to change a lot of our mind. Let me tell you what, this world ain't getting no better. It's going to get worse and worse. And if there's one thing we need, we need a revival. We don't just need it in the Baptist church. We need it in the churches of God. Amen. We need it in all people who are called by the name of the Lord. And we've got to break down these barriers and these walls that we created through denominational stuff. And we've got to call on the name of the Lord. And we've got to let the, the Holy Ghost fall upon us.
upon us, and we got to be empowered to face what we're fixing to face. Amen. Amen. It's just something we got to do. And, and, and I know this don't sound like a Baptist preacher up here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a Baptist by choice, but I'm saved by Jesus Christ, and His Word don't change no matter who I am. Amen. And we have to listen to it. We have to obey it. We have to do what it tells us to do. And so Peter, the very, I want you to notice in this verse 23, he let these men into the house of the Jew and they abode with him that night. It was broken down immediately. When, when Peter realized what the Lord was showing him, that he, he had sent these men, he let them in the house. You know what? That's an unheard of thing in that day. They didn't let them in the house with them. Amen. Y'all, I remember a day when it was that way at my house. There were certain people that weren't let in our house. Because they wouldn't like us. God help us. God's breaking down the door here. And he's putting people together in the same house. And that's his house. We're together in his house. Amen. This is his house. This ain't my house. It ain't your house. It's his house. Amen. And he ain't for all those to be together. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all of the same family because we're all of Jesus Christ and we don't belong in this house. Amen. 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 And he's fixing to teach Peter this lesson and it's a lesson that we had better learn ourselves. Amen. If, we, if we're serious about wanting revival and wanting this nation to turn around, it has to be done through all people who are called by his name, not just a few. Amen. 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 We have to be that way. He says he wants us in one mind. He wants us in one accord. He wants us in one purpose. And we can't do that if we're consistently divided amongst ourselves. Amen. That wasn't even in my notes. So he let them in, and they spent the night. And the next day, he got up and he left with them, and they went to Caesarea. And when they got to Caesarea, I want you to look what happened. And you're going to see now why Cornelius needs what he's fixing to get. Amen. Although he sounds like an upstanding Christian, and there's a lot of people around this, uh, this world that look and sound like upstanding Christians, but they don't have what they need. They don't have the power yet. And so we see this in Cornelius' life because when he saw Peter and he knew the angel had instructed him and called Peter by name, he thought Peter was somebody to be worshipped. Amen. And so he runs to Peter and he falls down and he bows down to Peter and begins to worship a man. Mm -hmm. Now you see why he needed more. Mm -hmm. He had to look. He had everything we think we need, but he didn't have everything he needed. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you what, there's a lot of people who still worship men today. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Amen. If we're not careful, we'll start worshiping a president. We'll start worshiping a governor, or we'll start worshiping a preacher, and the preacher ain't made to be worshiped, amen? And when Peter saw this man fall down at his feet, he said, whoa, 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 and he picked him up, and he said, I'm just a man like you are. Amen. You know what? The preacher ain't no better than anybody else. He's just a man like you are, amen? And don't you dare ever worship the preacher. Amen. I don't think I got that to worry about around here. But anyway, don't do it. Because you know what? I've said this before. We've all seen churches where when the preacher left, the church fell apart. Uh -huh. yep. 
People just quit coming because they didn't have that preacher anymore. Let me tell you what, I'm here because God has called me here. And if I leave, it'll be because God has sent me away and he's fixing to send you somebody better that you need. Amen? Amen. Amen. He might not be as good looking as me. <laughs> he may not be as excited as I am. He may not be as charismatic as I am. But let me tell you what, if God sends him, he's going to have what you need. Amen. And he's going to send with him the words that you need to hear. See, that's what's important. It's the word of God. It's what we hear. That's why Jesus kept saying, they have ears to hear, but they don't hear nothing. We need to hear the word of God, no matter who it's spoken through or how it's presented to you. You are here to hear the word of God. Are you here to hear the word of God? Amen. 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 It ain't enough to hear it. You've got to hear it, receive it, and then do it. And if you don't do those things, you just, you've got to hear it, but you, to hear it, but you didn't hear it. Amen? Amen? He's not talking about didn't enter in your head and you didn't hear the words. He's talking about you didn't do what you heard, so it didn't do you any good to hear any of it. Uh-oh. That adds a whole new thing to it, the meaning of it. So anyway, let me carry on. So Cornelius bows down to him. He raises him up. And he tells him to not worship me. And then he, he says something uh, uh, to the effect. He said, I want to, he said, look at verse 29. He said, therefore came I unto you without gainsaying. In other words, I came because the Lord has sent me. I didn't come for money. I didn't care if it would come for what you can give me. I didn't come for any of these purposes. But there's something I want to know. Why am I here? Amen. Well, why did you send for me? What happened to you that you sent for me? Now let me tell you something about Cornelius. He was a commander. He was a centurion. You know what he could have done, Brother Steve? He could have told his 100 troops, you go to Joppa and you go knock down that door at Simon the Tanner's house and you find this Peter and you bind him and you drag him back here because God told me I got to hear him. He didn't do that, did he? Amen? He didn't. So Peter wanted to know, why is a man like you, because this is a man of authority, why did you, what is it that led you to be? Peter's nosy. He wants to know what God's doing. He knows what God said to him, but he don't know everything God said to Cornelius. He wants to know. That's why we testify. I want to know what God's doing with you too. Amen. Yeah. You know what? It's hard for me to look at you and tell you tell what you're thinking. Like I'm looking at Brother Dale right now. I don't know whether he's thinking, boy, this old guy, he's coming from somewhere. He's thinking to show me something. Or why don't he just shut up and let us go home? I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> Peter didn't know either. So he asked him, and so I want you to look. And as, 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 as Cornelius began to proclaim, the Word of God began to show us more than we knew to start with. That's why we keep studying and keep reading the Word of God. Because you get bits and pieces. You get line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And so you get all through it and then you see a bunch of it. Amen? And you see God in it all. That's why when you're living something and something's going haywire and you don't seem to feel God or see God, when you get through it, you look back and there he was all the time. Amen. That's the same way with the Word of God. So here we find out that not only was Cornelius praying, you know what else he was doing? He was fasting. And not only did the angel show up, but he knew he was an angel. How did he know? Because he was lit up. He was bright. 
Amen. So we're finding out, and so now we know what motivated Cornelius because Cornelius' flesh was weak and his spirit was stronger because of it. That's why we fast, by the way. Amen. Why we fast so our flesh can be weak because we can't please God in the flesh. We can please him spiritually. And so we have to have the, uh, the flesh under control. So he did all of these things. He did everything right. And then he sent for Peter. Now here Peter is. And I love this because he, he, said, he told Peter, he said, I immediately therefore sent for thee. So he obeyed the one simple command that the angel gave him. Peter obeyed the one simple command that the Holy Ghost gave him. Amen. And we brought this up last week that the, the Lord spoke to Cornelius through an angel, but he spoke to Peter through the Holy Ghost that dwelt in him. He speaks to his children that way. And, and both of them, though, had to obey before any of it worked. And it did. Amen. And here they are together. And Peter, when he began to, uh, to hear what Cornelius said, I love It's a very quoted scripture that you hear a lot. When Peter opened his mouth and he said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons. That means God don't like anybody better than he does somebody else. Amen. That means that salvation is available for the whole wide world. Amen. Every human being, not just the Jew, not just the Baptist, not just the Pentecostal, not just anybody, it's for everybody. Amen. Yep. And he knew that he realized that because he was here and not only had he let those Gentiles stay in the house with him, he's in their house now. Uh -huh. Only God, only God can do that. We need to remember that. When we pray for revival, we need to pray God's will be done and see what only God can do to merge people together. Amen? It needs to be done. And he said, he's... He said, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. He realized that what Cornelius was doing had God's attention. And God wanted to give him something that Peter was going to be able to show him. Amen. That's what preachers are supposed to do, by the way. <laughs> Amen. And I want you to look because Peter could have said, well, this is what happened to me. You know, but he didn't, did he? He didn't go through that story. You know why? Because Peter's past history didn't mean anything in this story. <laughs> Peter knew something that Cornelius needed to know. And God had arranged it that it would happen. So, you know, when Peter was on his way to Caesarea, he didn't have to, because he didn't really know all the situation, and he didn't have time, Brother Steve, to take notes and write his preaching to Gentile sermon. Amen? We're supposed to be instant in season, out of season. We're supposed to be able to preach the Word of God. A God-called preacher ought to be able to read a scripture and preach to you. Amen? Amen. 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 That's why I ain't got no much use for a person that's got to have Wi-Fi to preach. Amen. Internet to preach. What? For what? That he goes online to get his sermons? God don't use online. He uses the lifeline between heaven and earth, and that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the line 
He gives us the command to preach. And he's told us in his word not only these things, and he don't tell us everything to preach, but he tells us what we better preach and what will lead people to himself. And Peter didn't have to have any notes, amen, because he knew what it was. And I want you to look at this sermon that he preached. I love this sermon right here. He said that that word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Let me tell you what. Peter began to preach about them, Jesus Christ. Because that's what you need to know. That's who you need to know. And until you know who he is, you ain't going to get nothing from him. Right. And he began to preach to them, Jesus Christ. And he told them that, about who he was, that he was a man full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he was a man that had this great power. He was a man that lived for God. And he preached the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he said, not only did we witness these things, when he rose from the dead, we saw him and we ate with him. We are here today and I'm here today to tell you that Jesus Christ is alive and well. And he's going to save your soul. And he's the one that sent me here. He's the one that had you to send for me. And he's here and he needs to save you. Are you listening to me? Amen. Woo! Amen. Hey, he's still he's doing the same thing right here right now. Amen. Lord, he's doing the same thing right now. Because we're talking about Jesus, how great he is, not how great we are, how great he is. He's great. And he's greatly to be praised, and he ain't a respecter of person. Praise the Lord. And he wants to fill somebody slammed full of the Holy Ghost today. Amen. He wants to save your soul. He wants to bring you to a point of repentance. He wants to forgive somebody today. He wants to give somebody something to shout about. Amen. He wants you to leave here better than you came. He wants you to walk out those doors cleaner than a fresh born brand new baby. Amen. <coughs> Hallelujah. That's what he wants to do today. But the question is, are you willing to let him do that? You know what? We're the worst people in the world about bringing sin into the church and walking right back out when it's still on us. Why do we do that? He's done everything he can do to cause that not to happen. And the rest is left up to me and you. It was left up to Cornelius to obey. It was left up to Peter to obey. And now Peter is preaching the word of God. And that's what happened. While he was yet preaching the word of God, something happened. He didn't even give an invitation. I don't know about you. It would be a cool thing to be preaching and, and thinking about giving an invitation and all of a sudden you ain't got to because everybody just comes up to the altar and starts praying. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what, Peter got to experience that very thing while he was yet preaching the Word of God. And let me tell you what, not just the Word of God, he was talking about Jesus, the Savior of the world, the one who died for them, the one who could give them what they sought, the one that could give them what they needed, the one that could save their soul, whether they were Gentile. It didn't make any difference to him. Amen. Amen. And while he was preaching this, the Bible says, look at here in verse 44, and while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word of God. Amen. You don't think hearing is not important? Uh, Sister Pat told me a while ago she was very sleepy today. 
And she might take a nap while I was preaching. You know what I told her? I said, if you can sleep while I'm preaching, you need a nap. <laughs> Amen. 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 We need to hear the word of God. Amen. I don't need to get up here and lull you to sleep. I need to get up here and proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord and Lord of all. And he is here to save anyone to the uttermost. He don't care what you look like, what you smell like. He don't care what, whether you're a man or a woman or a teenager. He wants to save your soul and give you a life. Amen. An abundant life, a good life, a wonderful life, a saved life. And he wants to teach you about who he is. And you have a, have a starting point. And right here for Cornelius and this whole... You know what Cornelius, when he found out that, that the Lord was going to send Peter, and you know what? He had faith too. He was no doubt in his mind that when he sent after Peter, Peter was going to come. Uh -huh. That's right. You know how, how I know that? He had all the kin folks. He had a full house. He had all the servants. He had, you know what? They had slaves back then. They had servants back then. And these Roman soldiers and, and these Roman centurions had slaves and servants that waited on them from all the portions of the conquering lands. Amen? It's important that we know that. And so what happens when the Holy Ghost falls down? And the Bible says, I want you to look at verse 45. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished what they thought would never ever in a million years happen had just happened right in front of their eyes them nasty grungy good for nothing gentiles had received something just like they had and they knew god there was no respect for a person they knew what they saw they knew when they heard it they knew they were saved people mm -hmm. amen. amen they were astonished though because they didn't expect this to happen. Amen. Peter now knows why he's there. And look what happened. And so why were they astonished? As many came with Peter believed because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Y'all let me tell you what. We had to be quit being ashamed to say the word Holy Ghost. Amen. We got to quit being ashamed to say, yes, I'm saved, and I didn't do it by speaking with tongues. Amen. 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 Because the, the tongues is not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost had to be there in them before the tongues could show up. Amen. Do I believe in tongues? You better believe I do. If I don't, don't believe that word right there. Preach it, brother. Amen. But let me tell you why. Why the tongues? Why does it always got to be the tongues? Everybody say, we need to get away from that because God said that's the way it's supposed to be. Did he say that way for everybody? No, he didn't. Amen. Amen. Right. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that will not want to argue this point. I don't want to argue this point. I said, this uh, thus says the word of God. And they had people there that had spoken all, that, that, that were from different countries, different nations, the Bible don't say, but you know, he had these slaves, these servants, they were all there because his household was there. Amen. And so it says, they, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter said, now look at this. Can any man forbid that these should be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost? Now look at this. As well as we. Now when Peter received the gift of the Holy Ghost, he was in the upper room. When the Holy Ghost fell and there was a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and there appeared unto them clothed of tongues like as a fire and landed on each one of them all 120 
20 of them. And the Bible says that they begin to speak with tongues and magnify God as the Spirit gave them the utterance. They were already full of Spirit. And they spoke with tongues. Now listen to this. The people in the street heard the tongues, understood what they were saying, and responded to what they had heard. Acts chapter 2 even tells us all of the different languages that they spoke that day. They spoke a language they didn't know, but was a language that could be understood by the listeners. So when this happened in Cornelius' house, and he heard them speak with tongues, he said they did it just like we did. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? Somebody in the household understood the language. Amen. Because there was a language barrier. And God used those tongues to clarify what was going on. Let's don't never get hung up on that kind of stuff. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, you want to see about the tongues in the Bible? And this, this message ain't about that. But you go to 1 Corinthians and read, and read 1 Corinthians and, and uh, the things that are, that are told there in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 through and 13 and 14. Yeah. Read what it says about those things. And make up your own mind. Don't let people put, cause you to not say things a certain way that's in the scripture because of something you've believed and heard in the past. God's God. He's in control. Amen. 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 He is. But to, let, to clarify things, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, this is what it says about them. For the Jews require a sign. This was a sign. To Peter, they got what you got. Let's don't lose sight of that. Amen. The point is, when this happened, the Bible says in verse 48, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they prayed to him that he would tarry with them. Amen. Let me tell you what. At the end of his sermon, in verse 43, this is where I'm going to leave you. To him give all the prophets, he's talking about Jesus, witness, that through his name, now look at this, this is what Peter preached, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. Amen. What do you believe about Jesus today? What have you heard from Jesus today? See, this ain't about tongues. It ain't about any of the rest of it. Amen. It's about obedience. That's right. And what you have heard. Now listen to me. When the Bible makes that reference, it's not what you heard from me. It's what God is showing you and what you have heard from Him. What has God placed in your heart and in your mind today? As we studied this word and preached this word, has he shown you something you need to change in your life? Has he shown you something you need to get more of in your life? What has God shown you? And if you obey what he's shown you and react to what he's shown you in obedience, he will reward you. You know how? By forgiving you for whatever it is that's bothering you, forgiving you the power to overcome any old past restrictions and, and things that you've learned in the past. 
He wants us united. He wants us to be in one mind, one accord, one purpose. And he wants all of us to be on the same page. And not just here in this body, but in all the body in the, in the churches of Jesus Christ that are around the world. They're called by many names. Y'all listen to me. Somebody brought up the, the country, little country that's under siege. That's the name. Ukraine. 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 There's Christian people. People who are called by his name in that country today and are under extreme fear and persecution. Listen to me. For them, we need to believe. Amen, brother. For them, we need to obey. Because, see, they're confused and afraid right now. You know what they're wondering? I know what they're wondering, just like you would know. What are you, Lord? Some of them are fasting. Some of them are calling on the name of Jesus. And they're begging the Lord to help them. Amen. It should never have to come to that. Listen to me. For that to happen. Every Sunday, every service, we have that opportunity, Brother Don, to come to Him. He longs for us to come to Him. And we just sat there like knots, lumps. And we said, oh, God, all I need, I don't need no more. We ain't never going to get enough of him. Amen. We're not never going to know all the word that we need to know. I want to know all I can know you. I want to know more about my Lord. We sing that song. We believe it. You know how you know more? You come to him. You bow to Him. You talk to Him. You believe Him. You act upon what He's shown you. And you receive from Him what you need. Would you stand? <clears throat> now these altars are... These altars are open for prayer. Have you heard it today? Have you heard anything from him today? Has he shown you anything? His invitation right now is come. Just come to me. If you don't do nothing but come say, I love you, Lord. Thank you for being my Savior. If you don't do nothing but that, come. Come to him. Call on him. Worship him. Pray for those people in Ukraine. Pray for your sons and your daughters. Pray for your grandkids. Pray for the people you know and love. If you, if you don't know whether they know Jesus or not, pray that the Lord would inspire you to give you the power to be a witness to them and let your light shine before men today. Let the light of Jesus Christ be like an angel shine glow. That people know you're his and he is yours maybe you're here today you don't quite know if you really got what you need you look at the life of Cornelius boy, he, he put most of us to shame today but he still needed something more that he didn't have yet on this day because he obeyed the one command 
of God. He got. He got what he needed. And now there's not a memorial before God on his behalf. There's something much greater than that. His name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And when we get to heaven, if we get to heaven, we're going to meet him. No doubt in my mind, we're going to meet Cornelius. And all of those unnamed people that were there the day, the Lord saved his household. Oh. Are you ready for that day? Maybe you're here today and you're looking for a church home and the Lord's bouncing you around. You just don't really know what to do. If the Lord's leading you here, please come. Don't deny Him that. He's wanting you here for a purpose. He's got something to tell you right here in this place. Peter had to go to the house of Cornelius. Amen. He's got something to tell you. He's got something you need to hear. When God adds to the church, He puts you in a place because they got something you need to hear. They got something you need to learn. He's got a message for you right there that He wants only you to hear. Obey Him. If He's asking you to make that move, do it. Don't hesitate. He knows what he's doing. Amen. Sometimes I do something wrong. And he reminded me real quick, hey, don't you know I'm here? Have you ever done any of the rest of y'all that way? Mm -hmm. yep. And I felt so ashamed. And he just prayed said, Lord, forgive me. Forget for forgetting for sinning in front of you just the way I did. Help me, God. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And claim that blood. And man, you know what he'll do? He'll forgive you. He'll help you. And I'm glad. That's the God we serve. That's the God we need. That's the power He gives to us. We have no power apart from Him. But with Him, we can do anything. I love y'all. Thank y'all for being here today.
service starts tonight at uh, 5 o'clock. So if you get a chance to be here, there's lots of daylight left after 5. So you can go home and just work yourself to a dilly after, five, after you leave church tonight. We have uh, a meeting, the uh, Building Grounds Committee meeting at 4 o'clock. Don't forget that. And y'all stay in prayer for one another and be reminded of the words you heard today and help you to understand that we're here for a purpose. And it's not to make ourselves popular, but it's to make him popular and glorify him. I love y'all. Thank you for, for being here once again. Uh, Brother Gary Richardson, would you dismiss us, please? Thank you, Lord, for, for loving us and being with us. And, and thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness and of our sins. We uh, thank you, Lord, for all things that you do. And we just thank you, Lord, that we can be here and, and worship you and praise you. And we just pray that you'll be with each one here, Lord, that, that we all receive the wonderful gift from you today and your message. And we just pray that you'll be with each one as they go to their homes. And, and we just uh, thank you, Lord. These things we ask in Jesus' holy name. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm going to do stuff that's a, a bit different tonight on Sunday night than you're used to. Uh, maybe a 15-minute service tonight. Yeah. I think that's funny, don't you? We know that. We just didn't believe what you said. Right, church? No, I'll be going 15 minutes. I thought he was making it last longer than he was. <laughs> We're gonna, if you would turn with, you, with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter two, Galatians chapter two, and I'm just going to just preach tonight. How does that sound? It'll work. Galatians chapter two. Let me see where I want to start. We're going to start in verse. Uh, 16, read through the end of the chapter. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, and that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For the works of the law shall no flesh be justified, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. Or if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Father, thank you for your word. Bless it to our bodies and our hearts and our souls and our minds. And help us to learn from it. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When you look at this, this chapter right here, you find that there's some things that's gone on after the book of Acts that was supposedly settled in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, and uh, I think it's in chapter 15, uh, we're not going to go there. You can go there if you want to, just write it down. The, there were some Jewish people after Christianity began that went and told the Gentile Christians that they needed to be circumcised. If they weren't circumcised, they could not be saved. It came before the church in Jerusalem, all in Barnabas, and uh, went back to Jerusalem and went to the church and and they had uh, uh, told them what was going on with the Gentiles, how salvation had come. They had been on their first missionary journey. They had seen wondrous works of miracles, and they had seen many of the Gentiles come to be saved, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ had filled them with the Spirit. And they gave this report, and they also then came with this matter of the circumcision of the, of the Christians. And Paul and Barnabas didn't make this decision. They went back to, to Jerusalem and they wanted the apostles that were leading the church in Jerusalem at that time to give them a decision on what was real. I think Paul had really already made up his mind this is a bunch of hogwash, but he wanted, he wanted to be unified with the church. He respected them that much. And so when they got there, there was a great argument. There was a great uh, argument between the Jewish uh, people, uh, Christians of that day, uh, whether they needed to be circumcised or not. After all, were circumcised. That's kind of the way they looked at it. And over much discussion, the Bible says that they finally, Peter finally got up and he shared with them the conversion of Cornelius that we studied about the last three weeks. And he told them, he said, I am a witness. I saw those people saved. I saw, remember our scripture this morning, they of the circumcision were astonished because of on those that were uncircumcised, the Holy Ghost fell. And he was astonished. He hadn't got over that yet. And so he pled the case for the Gentile church. Let's don't put this on them. Let's don't bind them down with the law of Moses. Let's don't bind them down with the law. Let's give them the freedom. So they made a decision to go ahead and, and they said, now we're going to address idolatry because the Gentiles were very idolatrous people. We saw that this morning when Cornelius bowed down and wanted to worship Peter. They would worship, they'd worship a tree if it, if it moved the wrong way. But anyway, he, they, so they... They addressed things that were done in idolatry, like strangling animals, drinking blood, eating things that was sacrificed or participating in sacrificial offerings to idols and eating the food, and, and, uh, and a few other things, fornication, because idolatry at that day and the time in the Gentile church concerned uh, prostitute. Uh, they had churches of prostitution that they actually went, that was part of their worship was, was that. And so they addressed those issues that, that, that they knew existed in the time of the Gentile church to get them to not participate in those things. And they signed that letter. Paul and Barnabas were so happy that they went back with those letters and they proclaimed these letters to the Jews. And Paul made a remark then that, that we don't live by the law anymore. Amen? We do not live by the law anymore. And so we find in Galatians where this is coming from is that uh, 
later on, uh, Paul and Barnabas are going to bring uh, some other Jews, and they're going to have a meeting with the, with the, with the Jewish, uh, or the bringing Gentiles, and they're going to have a meeting with the Jewish church. They're having a unity service. Okay? Well, when they get there, all of a sudden, Peter, who had at one time had invited the uh, Gentile people to stay at the house he was at, he went and stayed with Cornelius several days after the Holy Ghost fell on that family and that household. He stayed there several days in that house, so you know he ate with them and everything. All of a sudden, up pops this attitude that, you know what, these are Gentiles, you know. And he wouldn't eat with them. It got so bad that they got up and they would move to a different location. And even Barnabas, who was on the missionary journey with Paul, was doing the same thing and showing themselves ashamed. And Paul got kind of irate. He addressed Peter himself and told him how hypocritical it was because here was Paul's take on this. The Jewish Christians no longer lived under the law. They lived under grace. It had been proclaimed by them. They weren't under the law anymore. And yet he said, here you are trying to force the Gentiles to live under the law that you don't even live under anymore. Boy, yeah. sound familiar? You know, you know why we got so many denominations? You got so many factions? Because everybody's trying to put out what they believe everybody else ought to be doing. And if you don't do what they think you're supposed to be doing, then they just won't have nothing to do with you anymore. Is that Christianity? No. Uh-oh. Paul recognized this. Paul is a great unifier. You know why? Because he was one of them one day. He was a persecutor of the church. He hated the church. He hated the name of Jesus Christ. But something happened to him. You know what it was? He met, he met him. He met the resurrected Jesus Christ. No, he met more than the resurrected Jesus Christ. He met the glorified Jesus Christ. He met Jesus Christ after the rest of them had seen him go into heaven. He shows up in front of the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul, he's so bright he can't even see him. He encountered that. So he knew rubbish when he saw it. He knew hypocrisy when he saw it. He knew what the Lord required of him when he saw it. He knew all of these things and he knew what he was saying, seeing was something that was going backwards instead of forward. But well, listen, the Lord has not called us to go backwards. He hasn't called us to back up. He's called us to go forward following him. Jesus don't back up from nobody. Amen? Amen. And the church don't need to back up into the dark ages either. We need to, and not only that, listen to me, there's a new age movement that's worse than this. Because they want to be able to do everything they want to do and it's okay with God. And as long as they think they say it, then it's true. Sound familiar? Yep. Well, we're hearing that all over the country. If they say it, then they believe it, then you got to believe it. And if you don't, you're just wrong. And matter of fact, if you don't believe it, we might hurt you and make you believe it. Worth more than that, if you don't believe us, we want to get rid of you. We're saying that, aren't we? And so Paul was addressing this with, with these people. And he said, but when, in verse 11, if we'll back up some, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him. 
He, man, he stood up to the to the head apostle, the the head of the original church of the Jewish people that was at Jerusalem. The Bible says sin is a reproach to any person. It don't matter who it is. And that included Peter. And so Paul addressed him. Paul wasn't doing it in righteousness, self-righteousness, arrogance, or pride. He didn't want to do this. Nobody ever wants to correct somebody that's wrong when they think they're right. It's a, it's a, it's a touchy situation when you do it. You can hurt feelings. You can make people mad. Amen? But Paul was very aggressive, and he believed what he believed, and he believed in whom he believed. Amen? He believed Christ. And he had already gotten his education, not from the great schools of Jerusalem. He already had that. He said, that's, that's dumb. But he got his great education out in the wilderness and while he was doing missionary work. There is no substitute for experience. There is no substitute for what you receive when you obey one simple command of God and you go where he tells you to go. He may not even tell you what to do when you get there, just like he did with Cornelius and like he did with Peter. They didn't know what was going on until they finally met. Yep. And guess what? If they had to follow those two simple commands, one for each man, that meeting would have never happened. Amen. And Paul was the great missionary to the Gentiles now you want to know why Peter was the first one that went to the Gentiles and they were saved under ministry, his ministry? He needed to know. He needed to change. He needed to realize that what he had always been taught and always thought about these people, God didn't see it that way. Uh-oh, it's quiet in here. God don't always see it the way you do. That's right. Amen. Amen. He don't see people like you do. He don't look at the outsides of them. He looks on the insides of them. Amen? And not only does he see the inside of the people that we think are scumbags, he sees the inside of us too. And he knows the reasons we think that. And, and God don't want that stuff. He wants everybody saved. And so he wants us to become whatever it takes. Now don't get this the wrong way. He don't want you to be a liar to get a liar. He don't want you to be a thief to get a thief. He don't want you to be a fornicator to get a fornicator. He don't want you to do adultery so you can bring adulterers into the church. That's not what he's talking about. Amen? Amen. But he does say that we have to learn to quit judging people and, in order to bring them into the church. Now, when they come into the church and the Lord saves them, they're supposed to change. Amen? Now, if they come into the church and the Lord saves them and they continue in that same lifestyle, what happened? They didn't get saved. They didn't. Hmm. That's what I always said. They didn't get something they needed. Because that's, if they continue in that same lifestyle, that's contrary to the Word of God. It don't make no difference what everybody else says. It depends on what thus says the Word of God. And that's why we got to hear the Word of God. That's why we got to accept the Word of God as ultimate positive truth. We don't get to change it. We don't get to add to it. We don't get to take away from it. Amen. And in order for somebody 
to come to the Lord and say, I'm saved, and continue the same lifestyle that they've always had, you have to change the Word of God to accept that as truth. Amen? And the world tells us you better accept it. If you don't, you're a judge. And the Bible says, thou shalt not judge. Is that what that scripture is talking about? Oh, no. Yeah. As a matter of fact, scripture tells us right now that we're going to judge kings. We're going to judge all kinds of people. Amen? We're going to judge angels. That's right. We're going to judge all the fallen angels. We're going to judge them. Amen. So it's, don't let the world tell you that that's what that means. That's not what that means. We don't need to judge one another who we know are saved, but we have to judge people. We have to make a judgment about a person did they really get what they needed or not. You know why that's important? Listen to me, Brother Don. If they didn't get what they needed, they're going to go to hell. Right. And they're going to go to hell thinking they're going to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Satan loves this. Satan loves this. I don't have to do nothing. All I got to do is make them think they're good. All I got to do is pat them on the back. Oh, you're good. You're good. You got this. And send one of my people and say, oh, yeah, you got the Lord understands this. You don't have to change. You don't have to do anything. God loves you. He'll never do it. Really? Boy, Satan is eating this stuff up. He's eat he loves Hollywood preachers. He loves gigantic mega churches. He loves them. And I pray to God that they're really sincere in the mega churches. I really do. But boy, I've heard some of their preaching. And you talk about water the damn head. It ain't got a bit of fiber to it anymore. You can drink their cooking. Amen. All they can do is boil water. That's all you get. Amen. But the truth of the Word of God is sharp. It's, it's powerful. It changes things. It's usually we don't like it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But when the Lord saves us, we're supposed to love it. That's right. He changes our taste for the Word of God. So he confronted Peter because he was to be blamed. Listen to me. If the preacher's wrong, he's wrong. That's right. <laughs> I have been wrong. Y'all are quiet there. Don't do that. Everybody <laughs> just say, Amen. Hallelujah. He finally figured it out. I have been wrong. I've had to be corrected. I've had to admit I was wrong. God help you if you got somebody standing up here that don't admit they're wrong, they're always right. You run them off. You better get rid of them. That's right. That, you got my permission. It ain't going to be me because I ain't never going to be that way. <laughs> but if you ever get one up here that says he's never wrong, just tell him, hit the door. There it is. Get out there. Get your car and hit 59 go find somebody else to lie to. Yeah. Amen? Amen? There ain't never been but one human being that was never wrong and we worship him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And so he, he, he says in verse 12, and look at this, for before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. Peter, you and James and some of these others, y'all ate with these Gentiles. Well, that, that sounds so silly but preposterous to us, doesn't it? Huh? Have, have you ever been in a, in a, in a let's say, a, a meal time back here, and you, and you got your plate, and you got to the table, and there was two or three people sitting at the table, and you go over there and sit down, and all of them get up and walk off and leave you there by yourself? 
Johnny said that to him every time. Every time I go back there. <laughs> Come on, brother. Wonder what. <laughs> How would you feel? Well, it wouldn't matter. You might, well, maybe they had someplace else to be. So you get up and you move your plate over here and sit down and they get up and leave. Now what you thinking? Huh? What kind of deodorant did I put on? <laughs> <laughs> what they do snip on your armpit and see what's wrong. Amen? Well, what happens is, now listen, this is not just about eating a meal. When people walk in them doors, they need to feel welcome and like they're home, like they're wanted here, like you care they're here, yep. and you don't need to look down your nose at them like they're scumbags. Because see, there's one of there's a time that when I walked in them doors, I'd have been scumbag. That's right. And so some of you, right. scum exactly. of the earth. We don't never need that to happen in our church. That's for sure. If, if the sinner's not welcome here, who is? That's right. If the sinner's not welcome here, where can the sinner go? Amen. Who do we think we are? Amen. And boy, he, he jumped all over this because he didn't want this to get started. Paul knew if this got left unaddressed, it would steamroll. It would be like a, a, a snowball going down a mountain. It would grow and get worse and worse and worse. And the next thing you knew, it would be a great separation of the Jewish people and the Gentile Christians. Christians who were supposed to be of one mind and one accord and together in Jesus Christ. That's happened to our world today. Yep. That's happened to our churches today. <coughs> Amen? Yep. That one group thinks they know something the other group don't. One group says if you don't believe it our way, then you ain't going no how. One group says you got to baptize this way. One group says you got to baptize that way. What's the truth? The truth is thus says the word of the God. Amen? Amen. That's the truth right here. And, and what we need to do is recognize when it's subverted and perverted. When it's changed to make a man true. God's always true. Amen? Amen? And so for that, for, he said, so certain came from James, and he did eat with the, the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself. Look at the reason why. Fearing them which were of the circumcision. He left because he didn't want them seeing him eating with them. Now that is hypocrisy. Yeah. I told that young man today, he kept telling me that so-and-so calls this and so I said, let me tell you what. When you stand before Jesus Christ and you go give an account of what you've done and what you had not done and you start blaming this one and this one and this one for what you failed to do, how's the Lord going to take that? He said, he ain't going to like that. I said, no, he's not. So quit doing it. You, you can change yourself. You can have your relationship with Jesus Christ. And there ain't no person on this planet can put a stop to it Amen. except you. Amen. And that's true. That's the same with all of us. Amen. That's right. And so he said, and, and so, and the other Jews, when they saw Peter get up and leave the table, the other Jews disassembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas, my best friend, my compadre, my preaching buddy, the man that's been through thick and thin, the man that saw stone me, the man that oh, he was with me through every bit. He got up and moved too. Hypocrisy is a dangerous thing in the church. 
Because it can even affect the strongest Christian. Amen? That's right. That's what we're seeing right here. The strongest of the strong. And you know who, who didn't get affected by it? The one who recognized it. Amen? Paul is the one who recognized it. He said, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly, now listen to this, according to the truth of the gospel. When I saw they were walking not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I had to say something. I said it to Peter, and I said it in front of every one of them. Amen? He addressed him right in front of everybody, Gentiles and Jews alike. You know why? Because all of the Jews that disassembled themselves needed to hear this too. And all the Gentiles needed to understand what this looked like so they didn't repeat the same goof up. Yeah. Amen? Amen. All right. And so he said, so I, I confronted Peter before them all. If thou being a Jew livest after the manner of the Gentiles, that's what he's saying. You don't live under the law anymore to the other Jews in Jew, Jew land over here in Jerusalem that aren't Christians. You're no better than the Gentiles. Because you're not living under the law anymore either. And here you are. Trying to get them. Ooh. Well, he used some strong language. I mean, it don't sound strong, does he? Ain't cussing, ain't doing all that stuff. But man, he hit Peter and those other Jews where it hurt. Mm -hmm. Amen? He hit them where they live. He hit them where they live. He hit them right where Jesus put them. Exactly. Yeah. And they were squirming there while they were there. Because of the law. They were still hung up on the law. And so he said, he said, so when you live after the manner of the Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as the Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles? He asked that question. And then he preached to them. He, well, I love Paul because Paul's always preaching. And when he preaches, it's always about Jesus. He always brings glory to Jesus. He always talks about grace. He always talks about faith. The very things we need to stay strong, the very things we need to stay filled, the very things we need to stay knowledgeable and know the truth of God's word, those are the things Paul preached all the time after he got saved. Amen? So this is where we started reading. He said, he said, I want you to know you're not justified by the works of the law. You can't be justified by the works of the law. And you know you're not justified by the works of the law. You walk with, I'm paraphrasing, adding to it, but this, is, this had to be what we know. You walk with Jesus Christ himself for three years. And the people who loved the law killed him. Amen. Amen. Are you not a follower of Christ? Are you not a follower of Christ now? Then the law is just wrong. Amen? Not, it's not wrong because God gave it to them. It's wrong for them now. Salvation did not come through the law. Amen? Did not come through the law. He says because you are justified by faith, the faith of Christ, not by the works of the law. For the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You know why? Because the law can only point out your sin. It had no remedy for it. And your faith in Jesus Christ gives us a remedy for sin. What is the remedy for sin that we have from Christ? 
We're redeemed by it. His precious blood. We've been blood bought. Amen. The atonement that Jesus gave is a remedy for our sin. Hallelujah. That's right. That's a good way to put it. That's a good answer to that. Hallelujah. He's our remedy. He is a remedy. But if we walk, if while we seek to be justified by Christ, now look at this, now I want you to listen to this. If we walk, if we seek to be justified by Christ and we ourselves also are found sinners. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you sinned since you were saved? You know, we don't need to say that giggling. I do it all the time. We'll giggle about that. That ain't funny. Is it? When we get to giggle or cry. And why you want to giggle about it is because Christ will forgive you for the being the sinner. Amen. He knows we're not perfect. But he said that while you being justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? You know that you that sounds silly, doesn't it? But what does the world tell us today? He's okay with it. Is he the minister? Is he okay with sin? Do you think he is? Does he overlook it? Is there no responsibility? Is there no accountability for our sin? Or we, we, we just get to do it and say, huh, he's good. I'm good. I'm not going to get caught. He probably didn't see that. God help us. That's right. To not be so naive. To not be so blinded by the lie of the world. That we actually believe that. You know what should happen when we sin and know it? We ought to feel awful. Not just awful, but God awful. We ought to feel terrible. Amen. And then he says this, and there's something we need to listen to in today's world. If I build back, what I have transferred, let me read it right. If I build again the things which I have destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. That means that if you go back to what, that's what Peter, he, boy, he's talking to Peter now, ain't he? Peter, Peter is the very one that when he saw these Gentiles, what did he say? I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. I perceive that God loves these people just like he loves me. And what's he doing now? He's building that all back up like it ain't true. Amen? And so that's what he's talking about. He said, I can't build again the things which I have destroyed. God gave him that beautiful vision of that sheep coming down with all manner of unclean beasts. And he let him know right then what I have cleansed do not call common or unclean. God help us to judge a person by what they used to be instead of by what they are. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Is there any one of us that on a certain given day that a person walked up to them would find you being perfect? What I'm trying to say is, don't judge a person by what you see one time. 
Because anybody's subject to have a bad day. Amen. Yep. Nisa said, Amen. <laughs> Including her. <laughs> Any of us is subject to be seen sinning. Bad road rage. Want to kill the little old granny driving 25 miles in front of me. Want to kill him. Then don't look at me like that. All of you thought the same thing. If I had something, I'd blow that car up and get it out of the way. <laughs> yep. I told y'all about that. I was. I was behind that. I, I didn't know the woman. I couldn't see who it was. I had the humpback seat. You couldn't see the head. And I was thinking, boy, I was looking at them buttons on my steering wheel. I told you as soon as how recent it's been in my truck to 2016. If I could, if I had a, a cruise missile on one of these buttons, I'd blow that car. I'm telling you what, I'm tired of following this yo-yo. They know I'm in a hurry, don't they see me? They've been driving right beside this other vehicle just like this for 50 miles. Probably two minutes. I had thoughts of killing this guy who's hurting my friend Donna. You know, and, and I struggled with that. Amen. Yeah, but the one I want to kill ain't done nothing to me. They're driving slow. <laughs> they going to be like that one day, too. Yeah. Pull up beside the there, look at them. I'm going to shake my fist at them or give them a mean, ugly look. Hey, look, look, what's that there one? <laughs> Don't they know it's your day to drive on the highway? <laughs> if I build up a thing again that I have destroyed, I become a transgressor. God help us to destroy those things. They give us evil thoughts, evil attitudes that show our hypocrisy. We need to destroy those things and get rid of them. Amen. That's where the Holy Ghost comes in. You gotta have it, Brother Gary. If you ain't got him, you ain't got what it takes to overcome. You can't destroy anything because your flesh won't let you. You gotta have the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then he said, For I through the, the law am dead. He said, I am dead to the law. Why? Because he knew he couldn't live unto the law and live unto Jesus. He had a choice to make. Paul made that choice, but he didn't make it till he met Jesus. Listen to me. There ain't nobody in this nobody outside this these walls ever gonna get saved till they meet Jesus. Ain't gonna happen. You gotta have that come to Jesus. You, you gotta have you gotta come to him. You gotta meet him. You gotta meet him. And when you meet him, you get to make a decision. Do I believe him or do I not? Do I receive him or do I not? Some people actually meet him and say, I'm not gonna do that. I tell you, and I'm fixing I tell y'all this all the time. When Lucas Stone was at vacation Bible school, he, he decided he wanted to be saved. I down here was doing an invitation for the little kids. And I got down on my knees because I didn't want me looking down on top of them and scare them to death. So I got down and I, I had one knee on the uh, floor and one knee up. And Lucas come up there and got on my knee that I, I had like a chair. And he sat there. I said, what do you want, Lucas? I want to get saved. So I told him, proceeded to tell him what he needed to do to, to, to be saved and what he needed to talk about and what it was all. That. And he looked at me and he said, I ain't going to do that. Okay, he ain't ready. And when an adult does God that way, 
and don't say we don't. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, when the Lord first tried to draw you to Jesus, did you go immediately? Nope. Did you, Brother Sam? God bless you. Anyone else? The first time you felt to draw God. Bob, thank you. You know what? I wish I could say that. Numerous times. Some of us are a little more harder. We are stubborn, A.D. You know why I didn't go up there? Because I didn't want to change. I felt God, but I didn't want to change. Amen. Makes you understand more about Demas who loved this present day world more than he loved the things of God. That's a picture of who we are when we reject Christ that way. And we're blessed, many of us, who didn't come the first time that he called the second time. In my case, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, the third many times I went to church. Until finally, I went. And I met him. And praise God, I ain't been the same since. Amen. 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 Paul said, I am crucified with him. But I live. He, he did the dying for us. He said, Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself to me. And if I can help it, I will never frustrate him. And that's what we ought to feel like when we transgress and sin. That we have frustrated the one who loves us more than anyone else ever has or ever will. We don't want to disappoint him. We want to live for him. We just take well, it wasn't 15 minutes. But it wasn't over 30. Amen. These altars are open for prayer. Have you got anything built back up that you thought you had destroyed? The altar is the place you need to be. Talking to the one who can give you the power to keep stuff destroyed so that you don't feel like you're frustrated. You know, there's not a one of us that had sin, and we classify sin, big sin, little sin. But actually, any sin is an insult to our Savior. And the shame that we feel when we do it. It's something I think the Spirit causes us to feel because I think when we sin, I actually believe the Spirit within us grieves, grieves for us. And we feel Him grieving in us. And we feel sad. We feel upset. And all the time, the Spirit's trying to get us to turn to Jesus, claim the blood, ask for forgiveness, and He knows we'll get it. 
Amen. That young man today told me, <clears throat> I've been mad at God. I am still mad at God. And I'm having trouble forgiving Him. And having trouble forgiving myself. I told him, I said, son, go to that altar tonight. Forgive yourself and go. Get up there and forgive God. And I said, call me tonight and tell me what you find. I have a feeling I know. If he goes, the simple command from two preachers today to that man was go to that church and expect something from God. Simple. I didn't feel compelled to, compelled to try to lead him to the Lord there in that front yard. Didn't feel compelled to do that. Because God does everything in His perfect will, His perfect time, His perfect way, and His perfect place. He had already been instructed to go, and I, I supported that. Listen to God. Do what God says. And you'll be rewarded for that. bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. And I hope the Lord... Y'all guess what? You got two or three more hours before dark. Amen. So y'all go home. Connie, you got all kinds of stuff planned for Johnny to do. It's our Sunday's over. It's time to go work, Johnny. Well, tell that. Don't, don't, don't gas on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing about me. I've been sleepy ever since I woke up this morning. I didn't realize an hour made that much difference. And I'm a night bird. But it did. It made a difference. When that alarm went off, and it was still a dark outside. It had to get up. Anyway, we'll get adjusted to it in a little while. Amen. We'll get adjusted. It won't take long. Amen. We, I love y'all. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Y'all continue. Y'all have, have you noticed how crowds are starting to pick up? And uh, y'all, we need to be at work. We need to be out telling people because this is a dire time. But the things are starting to open back up. People are looking for a place to go. Gas prices are so high, they can't go far. So invite them here. They, they come this far. Amen. Amen. You know, Brother Gary, you were talking about greeting people and making people feel comfortable. I was watching the aisle today. There was a traffic jam in that aisle. Because yeah. everybody was greeting the people as soon as they come in and hugging and talking and laughing together. So you couldn't get on down here, and, and I thought that looked so cool. Yeah, y'all gonna have to give the preacher an express lane though. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to get to somebody that's come in, and I have to. I'll try to get through, and I don't want to interrupt, so I'll come all the way around and go all the way down that way, and then somebody will show up up here, and I have to come all the way back. I'm going to get to do better. You're going to blow somebody up in the church. <laughs> <laughs> they better find, hope I don't find that little button. They're in trouble. Amen. You know, it's good that we can rat on ourselves about how imperfect we are. Mm -hmm. We got you a good exercise. We're going. Amen. Amen. Brother Gary, I got a solution. If we move all the ceiling fans to each side, Put you a track in the middle. We can fly you <laughs> front to back. Like a zip line. Like a zip line. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's another project right there. <laughs> Amen.
Lord's good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. There's no place like his house. There's no people like his people. There's no love like his. God bless you all. Thank Glenda, you for being here. Glenda has talked to me before about when she walks in there, how everybody just grabs her and hugs her. And and she said, and I'm not even a member of your church. And I said, but you could be. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. I love y'all. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. I hope to see you Wednesday night. If I don't see you before then, if you need me, call me. I'll send Nita after you. And, 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 and Brother Rick, would you dismiss us, please? No, Father, thank you so much for bringing us all here tonight, Lord, to learn a little bit more about your word, Lord. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us does take our salvation seriously, Lord, that we do try to strive and have a closer walk with you, Lord, that we judge each other righteously, and not bring each other down. We're only here to lift each other up and walk together in Christ, Lord. Lord, forgive us for our sins. Lord, we fall short, Lord, and let us not keep pointing everybody else's out, but get ourselves right with you and lift one another up. Lord, if there are any discrepancies between us, Lord, I pray that they're removed, Lord. Let Satan know that he is not welcomed in our church or in our home or in our lives, Lord. That we dedicate ourselves, our homes, and our churches to you, Lord. Let you reign. Lord, let our light shine like never before, Lord. There's revivals, a couple revivals going on. One this week and I believe one next week, Lord. Lord, I pray that you use them, Lord, and revive your people, Lord, that their hope and strength will grow stronger in you like never before so that the people that are feeling hopeless, they find hope, Lord. The one that don't feel love, that they find love, Lord. Lord, I just praise you and I thank you for everything, Lord. Lord, go with us throughout this week, Lord. Lead us and guide us in everything we say and do, Lord. Let us be ambassadors for Christ. In your precious and holy name I pray. Amen. 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 Have a good week.